If you're tired of bad news, if you need some positivity, if you want to support small businesses, then welcome to Happy Grateful Blessed with Kaysville's own mayor, Tammy Tran. Here, you'll get to see the best of humanity from within Utah's hidden gem, Kaysville City. Every month, you'll discover small businesses, hear unique and incredible stories, and understand the difference you make in this wonderful city. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to this podcast so that you'll never miss a chance to find a new business to support and learn what makes a city like this one work as well as it does. So join us as we explore Happy Grateful Blessed with Tammy Tran. Hi, everyone. Today I'm here with Senator Karen Kwan. Thank you for being here. Well, thank you for inviting me. I'm really excited to be here. Well, I'm excited to have you. Um, as we were talking before we started, I, I just appreciate how friendly and kind you've always been to me when I've seen you at the Capitol. You know, it's kind of intimidating for someone who's new to go around and everyone's so busy and they're so focused and they're so intent on, on finding people to talk to and, and doing everything. But you've always been just really kind. So thank you for that. Well, I, I hope that you have found everyone to be really kind up there. So I really have. People are wonderful. Yeah, it's, you know, I, I take it um, very um uh, very much in my um, passion that I believe it is the people's house. And so I try to remember that even though we're running around like crazy during the session, I want to make sure that when people, um, when I see uh, people or they come up to me, that they feel welcome. Well, you do a great job of oh, that. So thank, thank you. you. And and it is kind of an intimidating place to be in because people are so focused and so busy What's it like okay. up there? I mean, we want to talk about, I'd like to know about your history and everything, but as long as we're talking about that. <laughs> sure. It's, you know, I also uh, am intimidated quite often when I'm up there, and especially when I first started. And it's just such a formal building. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, being up there just makes me, you know, it gives me that imposter theory, like, why uh, should I really be here? <laughs> well, <laughs> and with all your years of service, that makes me feel better. So thank you for bringing that down and making it. <laughs> feel comfortable yeah, well you know i i've learned that um everybody has that to some degree that imposter theory in fact i was just meeting with a, a new friend uh just uh yesterday um i met a, a new newly elected official a white male at, who talked about his own imposter theory and um it, it just mm -hmm. uh, solidifies to me this um, importance of compassion and of acceptance and, um, you know, making people feel welcome again. It's true. And it's, it is, it's great when people are willing to share that and, and to explain that we all feel pretty much the same. Yeah. You know, we have similar feelings and fears and, you know, Absolutely. nervousness, you know, levels of being nervous in, in different situations because, um, uh, up there, it just seems like everybody is so professional, and they are, and and so driven, and so um, it's a very competitive atmosphere as well. But it's it's amazing, and I love being up there. It's, it's really exciting. fun. There's a lot of energy, <laughs> a lot of energy, and wonderful things are happening. Thanks to great people like you who have been willing to step up and serve. Tell us a little bit about why. How did you end up at, on at Capitol Hill? 
it, it's a surprising story for me as well. <laughs> I didn't uh, expect this in my career. It was not uh, something that I foresaw or even um, thought about. Uh, and I'm always in awe of these young uh, men and women who I meet who already know that they want to move into this uh, into this space, uh, you know, of politics. Uh, it was not something that was on my purview. I have a background in um, clinical psychology. That's what my master's is in. Um, and I teach, or I, I just retired from teaching from Salt Lake Community College. Uh, my doctorate is in educational leadership and policy, and my career goals were very different, right? It, it all had to do with higher ed and administration, working with college students, working with young uh, scholars, um, and mentoring them. And uh, I also, uh, when I first moved to Utah, about 30 years ago, I came in to work for the Asian Association of Utah under Dr. Xu Chang. Oh, okay. And I, I was a program assistant, which basically said I was uh, like a counselor. Uh, at the time, Utah did not have a master's degree, uh, a master's level license for counseling. So uh, I went into administration at the University of Utah and, and advising. Uh, but that's what got me into working with the Asian and Pacific Islander communities. And that got me into advocacy. And so for over these 30 years, uh, I've been uh, working with the, these communities. And that's where my, my community service or my public service began. And, and I think I'm still... It's not something that I, I would ever leave because it's the, a part you know, of who you are, right? Absolutely, it's, and it's, it's our family, passion. it's right, our exactly. friends, right? right. Um, the community really becomes a part of me, as as you say, and and I hope uh, that I become a part of the community as well. Um, and about uh, you know maybe a decade ago, I got uh, asked uh, by the the party chair, the the Democrat. Uh, party chair at that time, it was Jim DeBacchus, and he had come to uh, an event uh, that uh, OCA Utah held, and uh, OCA Utah is an Asian Pacific American advocacy organization that I I founded uh, oh, I with my brother. Okay. Yeah, there was a there was a number of us that founded, but my my brother and I really. Uh, he took the lead in, in, in doing that, and I, as always, followed his lead. <laughs> and um, so Jim DeBacchus came to our event three years in a row, and three years in a row he asked me to run for office, and three years in a row I said no. I shouldn't say three years in a row because on that third year I did say no, and he said no, hold on. <laughs> really? He said take the weekend and think about it. And uh, during that weekend I didn't know this, I didn't know this was going to happen, but I got phone calls from several uh, people, politicians and community members, to ask me to run. Uh, people that I didn't know, people that I respected, people that I heard of on really? the TV. That's neat. You know, the, the, the mayor at the time, the, um, the past mayors. I mean, just these names that I was in awe of. And, and, and I thought, oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. I mean, it's very flattering, but I mean, I, I'm not a politician. I just, I don't have that background. And uh, I went to the Asian communities, uh, the groups that I was associated with and asked 
what their thoughts were. And it really was the Chinese women. It was the women primarily who said, um, not only can you do this, you must do it. Oh, that gives me good chills. That's oh my so gosh. neat to hear. You know, and it, well, 150 years of having Chinese Americans in Utah, mm-hmm. we knew that there was never uh, a Chinese American uh, serving in the in the legislature. Um, and incredible. and I felt a calling at that point. You know, you hear it. You, you I got all of this. You know. Um, encouragement from from people that I, I respected and I had heard of. I, I, um, I, I was in awe of, um, and that was flattering, but when your community members, they, this is like your family, your elders. Right, and they're asking you to represent them. They I, want to be represented. Absolutely. That's absolutely. really neat. And that's, that is why it's so important for me to to serve and to uh, serve not for me, but for them. For, for them, mm-hmm. so that they have a voice. Absolutely. Oh, I love that. That's exciting. How was that race then? Was it an open seat or was it? No, I ran against an incumbent. Okay. It was It was good. It, w- it was a hard race. It was 2014, and I it was against Representative Johnny Anderson, total gentleman, um, and, and I lost that race. Uh, but I decided uh, that I would run again. Um, that I would try again, and uh, he actually retired oh. the, the following um, session or year, uh, election year, and so then it became an open seat, and that's when and you I were able to uh, that Karen. That's a beautiful story, and I love the fact that you're okay saying I lost that one, but I was out there, right? People knew about you, people knew you were interested, and then you're able to win. You, you know, I think that's a really important um, lesson that, that I took, but a, a really important lesson for our new candidates and especially for our women and, and our um, our uh, ethnic communities, um, our, our people of, of color, uh, because it's very, it's really hard. It's not an easy path mm-hmm. to, to run for office. You know this. And um, if if you lose that first time, it's, it's very easy to just say, okay, I'm done. Um. But there's a bigger picture, right? Right. right. Um, and the it really has been the community uh, who came out and knocked on doors with me, who made phone calls, who donated to my campaign, and this was bipartisan. That's really um, neat. And, and you probably see this as well. Um, community, families, it transcends politics. True. It, people over politics. It's people over politics, and. Um, that is why it's so important for me, again, coming coming full circle back to um, the Capitol, that uh, it's, it's my job to make people feel welcome. It's my job to open up spaces, to allow people to come in and give their own voice. Um, it's, not, it's not me who uh, should, is deserving of any of these accolades. It's really the community. Well, yeah. I, I think that is such a neat... And a neat experience to be able to share that with people because, number one, like we mentioned, it's an intimidating place to be. But the idea of getting in a race like that is very intimidating. And it is flattering to have people say, oh, you know, you'd be really good at this. But it's up to you to put yourself out there and to say, okay, I'm going to do this. No matter what happens, I'm in. I'm all in. Absolutely. And you were all in. Yeah, I, I mean, we and have you're to still be, all right? in, which is <laughs> That's great. Right. That's right. I'm, I'm still all in because there's still more work to be done. Um, you know, I'm the only Asian American right now, or Pacific Islander, in the legislature. I have. I've looked at the. I've looked at your pictures, and I've seen that. 
And it's incredible. I was looking at a statistic, and they said 40% or one in four um, people in Utah are not Caucasian anymore. We have a lot of diversity. And we should be we should be representing Utah in the way that Utah is currently represented. And, and we need more diversity. A- absolutely. We need more voices. We, we need more voices and, and leaders who represent the you know, who look like and speak like the people who they're representing. We do. Uh, in my district, I have three, uh, two cities and a, and a township, uh, but uh, two of them are minority-majority uh, population, and the third one is quickly becoming that. You are the only Asian-American right now. Yes. In the state legislature, the House and the Senate. That's right. I hope people understand what that means, and I hope people are listening to that. That's in- That's incredible. It, it it is something that it, it's incredible, good and bad. Well, mm-hmm. I, I'm, it's good that I'm there, right? Absolutely, but but, but sad. N- yeah, sad that, that there's not more exactly. representation. And my job um, has always been uh, in my mind that uh, I'm there to open doors and and put put a hand out to others who want to come in and serve in that space or in any space. Um, and uh, I, I hope that we get more. We have three, four uh, Asian and Pacific Islanders who are running for the legislature, who have given their intent mm-hmm. to run for the legislature. And I hope to see, you know, a number of them win and come in. Well, and I think most of them were at your kickoff for your Senate um, uh, campaign, right? I, I know I met a couple of people there. <laughs> there were there at were least a lot of three. Uh-huh. <laughs> three out of four. The, right. the fourth, I, I, they may have been there. Um, I, I there, am so of, sorry. there were a lot there of people so there. <laughs> but it's really neat to see the, the community rally. Because they weren't all, only there for you. I mean, you were able to introduce other people as well who were running, which is fantastic. Absolutely. And, um, you know, again, um, my job is not only to serve, but to... Uh, mentor others, help others, support others to come into this space. I don't feel like I would have fully completed the the job that I set out to do or the goals that I have if I'm not able to help others to run for, you know, and win right. seats in, in the legislature. Boy, I think that's inspiring. And it's wonderful to see people at your level who are still willing to to mentor others. You know, and to realize that we need we need more, and it's not creating competition. You know, sometimes in the business world, we think if we help somebody, is creating competition. It's not doing that. It's creating collaborative collaboration opportunities for more voices. Absolutely, and That's I think it's it's a, a part of um, who we are uh, as as Asian American mm-hmm. uh, women. I think, especially the idea of collegiality and the idea of of us. Um, and, um, the collective us, um, and that uh, we we work for the betterment of society. We work for the betterment of the state. Um, and I firmly believe, as, as I, I think I, I heard you say, that having more uh, diverse voices in the legislature is a, a betterment of the state. We are able to uh, represent and bring in more viewpoints. Um, and I think that creates better policy. I do too. And I, I would love to ask you about some of the things that you feel like you've been able to do as an Asian American representing the community in, in the legislature. Can you talk about some of the legislation you've worked on, some of the policy that you've been interested in? 
Yeah, absolutely. I'll tell you some policies that are directly Asian related and then some that are you, you uh, might not see it at first, but understanding some of our Asian culture, you, you might see it then. So in my very first week as a legislator, um, keeping in mind that I really didn't know what I was doing. Brand new. <laughs> Brand new. <laughs> and uh, I had a bill. It, it was a resolution to recognize Lunar New Year. Now, this is... Fantastic. Okay. Right. Know, it's a the, big deal in the, the Asian community. Absolutely. In so many of our communities. And it mm -hmm. had never been recognized by the legislature in the past. So 150 years I plus of, of a Asians in Utah. And uh, we as a state have not recognized it. So I had this resolution. And I didn't know really, you know, what was going to happen and when when might it get passed. I just knew that by the end of the session, if it passes, that would be around May, um, you know, or <laughs> something like this, right? Um but it happened to be early. Uh, Lunar New Year happened to be early that year, and so it was the very first week. It was the Friday of that very first week of the session. So I mentioned to um, my mentor, um, Rebecca Chavez-Hauk, um, love, love, love her. I mentioned that to her and, and said, I, I wish there was a way that we could have the resolution pass on that on the day, on Friday. That would be right. She very got cool. into gear. Did she really? <laughs> she helped me. Um, and, and just told me the, the procedure to do this, helped me with everything, um, talked with the leaders on both sides, talked with her, our colleagues, went over and talked with uh, Senator Iwamoto, who, who went into gear and did the same thing in the Senate. We were able to um, pass that bill completely all the way through and have it pass on uh, Lunar New Year. That is yeah. really, really neat. So, and, and people maybe don't understand what that means. But it's a big deal. That's huge to it's, be recognized at a state level. Absolutely. And that's really neat. Yes, yes. I mean, it's such a huge holiday. It, it is. It's bigger than Christmas. It, absolutely. You know, yes. Christmas with my husband's family, they're Chinese. Christmas is, okay, it's great. Let's have a dinner. But, you know. This Lunar is, New Year, Chinese New Year, that's yes. a big deal. People take months off mm -hmm. and visit their families. They do. And, I mean, it's a, it's a, it really is a, a, a big deal. Oh, that's um, another uh, set of policies that I've worked in the space is uh, with seniors um, in our elder population. And uh, I just passed this last year two bills to help our, our elders. One is a master plan for aging. That is that we have several committees and commissions that look at uh, specific areas within aging. Uh, for example, we have a group that looks uh, at uh, Alzheimer's. Uh, we have a, another group that looks at, at Asian, uh, aging, a commission on aging. And um, we have several of these groups, and they, many of them have plans, so strategic plans for the next five years, 10 years. Um, but what we don't have is a master plan. So we haven't really put those together. Mm. Now, if we have piecemeal goals, sometimes they may be competing against each other without us knowing. Um, and a few states have this. Now we do. Um, and so in the next decade, uh, it, well, it shouldn't take this long, I should <laughs> say, in the next year or so, we should have a master plan that will take us out uh, decades to look at. We have some big issues 
in caring for our elders, uh, long-term care facility staffing, um, licensing issues, right. uh, issues with um, uh, 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 rents or, or payments of those um, care facilities, uh, Alzheimer's issues. I mean, we, we just have big issues that are not unique to Utah. They're, they're nationwide. But if we don't know where we're going to go in terms of of fixing some of these or addressing some of these issues, then I'm not sure how we're going to get there. That's a fantastic bill because our aging population is growing at a rapid speed, aren't they? I mean, I understand that as far as having new births, that, that number is reduced quite drastically. Yes. But um, our aging population is getting bigger and bigger. Yes, absolutely. And this is across the nation, mm -hmm. also in Utah. Um, and one of the other things that's a, a very sad statistic is that fraud is increasing. Oh, yes. I've heard about the horrible scams that people are falling for. It's, it, it's awful. It's it's awful. And that is that is growing as well um, in terms of the number of scams that are going on. They're becoming much more aggressive. Um, and uh, what's, what's happening, though, it, we have a stat that I had heard. Um, it was done way back in maybe 2008, 2009. So it's probably uh, more than this. A million dollars a week is lost. Really? To our Utah seniors. A million dollars. <sighs> I mean, that is a lot of money. Oh, that's so sad. Every, each and every week. And, and it's probably much more than that at this point. Um, and so the the other bill that I passed this year was to allow um, adult protective services to uh, uh, go to courts and and ask for information on um, our vulnerable uh, adults' uh, financial um, information when they suspect that it is a family member. I've heard of these things happening yes. too. Who is um, taking Just spending the money, the yes. money and using yes. it and. Yes. Draining their parents. Absolutely. And unfortunately, the majority of of fraud occurs from family members and sometimes unintentionally. Oh, that's so sad. Sometimes they don't know that what they're doing is wrong or illegal. Um, and I'll give you an example of how that can be. Um, if a person is taking the uh, Social Security checks and then cashing them um, and then using them uh, for themselves or the family, um, without permission, without express permission each time, then that that's, can, fraud. that's fraud. Okay. Um, but, uh, you know, especially in our communities. Right, where right? everything's shared. Everything's just, shared. Everything's family property. Yes, everything's yes. family property. And, and also our elders don't want to cause trouble. They don't mm -hmm. want to be a burden, and they don't want to especially cause trouble within families, so they don't they don't say anything. Oh, I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah. Yeah, interesting, but that is super impactful. It, it's super impactful, and now right. this doesn't only happen in the Asian community, of course. Right, um, and so it, it was a very important bill to give APS a, an additional tool to help our our elders to protect them. To protect them, yes, Karen, that's fantastic. Where, where do you? So I'm kind of curious about this process. So does someone come to you and they say this this is an issue, and then you're able to create policy and get the get the wheel spinning and then fix it, right? Yeah, absolutely. It comes it, policy comes from everywhere. Okay. I mean, uh, you know, good ideas come from everywhere and everyone. Um, it doesn't matter age, ethnicity, mm -hmm. it, party. You know, in state, out of state. 
international. I mean, seriously, we get, can get ideas from it, it everywhere. Um, that doesn't mean we run everything, right? For sure. But sometimes we hear issues that um, spark our, you know, our our interest. Now, for the master plan for aging, this is something that I've been working on since I began. Okay. Um, I knew uh, pre previous to coming in. Uh, as a uh, professor at Salt Lake Community College, I always uh, had uh, a woman, uh, one of my friends from Adult Protective Services, come in and speak to my classes. Um, uh, and so I had known for a very long time about the uh, amount of fraud and some of the needs within our, our vulnerable adult uh, populations. And so that when I came in, I knew that that was something that was going to be a policy area. Um, and I had I passed other bills in the in previous sessions, uh, but this ma aging uh, master plan for aging was sort of a it kind of came out of a frustration of well we need to fix this piece well mm -hmm. if you fix this piece then it's going to poke out over here Got and then it. we need to fix that piece and if you fix that one then it's going to poke out over here right and and it became so large that I realized we need to have a master plan. See, so smart, and and surprising Thank that you. we didn't. I mean, when you think about it, because it makes so much sense. Well, it's, you know, it, we we were supposed to. Um, it actually was in our, um, in, in, in the uh, law that we should have a master plan, but there really wasn't a um, dedicated uh, commission or the budget. Oh, okay. And so what, what I did, and I, and I didn't know we were supposed to have a master plan. I mean, it was it was sort of in there somewhere that said, yeah, we should have a master plan. Um, so when I brought up the idea uh, uh, to uh, advocacy groups and to our my attorneys, who not my attorneys, but the legislative mm -hmm. attorneys, um, they said, yes, this is what we're going to need to do. And okay. so uh, the bill this year helped to alleviate that or, or address that. Fantastic. Was that so? You, did I hear you right that you said you you started about ten years ago? In the legislature, uh, not not in the legislature. Okay, I mean, okay. <clears throat> two thousand seventeen. Oh, two thousand seventeen. Yeah, when okay. I I got elected first in twenty sixteen. Twenty sixteen. So oh, okay. 20, yeah. So, so you've accomplished a lot. Well, you know, Democrats, we, we, I mean, Republicans accomplish a lot, yes, but there's always this idea that, you you know, you're, how do you pass anything? Right, how do you get things done? But you do. We do. Democrats uh, always pass bills every year. In fact, um, uh, previous to me coming in, Senator Maine had uh, the, she had passed one of the years, uh, passed the most bills of any Senate or any legislator that year. Really? As a yeah. Democrat? As a Democrat, yes. Impressive. So, you know, it, it, it happens. And it's all about collegiality. It's all about working together for good policy. Um, the the politics are, are aside. You know, we, we have to work for the, the good of the people. And so um, I, again, firmly believe that it, with a, a more diverse um, input, you, you kind of see where the holes are in policy mm -hmm. and you see the impact maybe on different groups that you didn't think of. Um, so I always um, uh, seek out uh, advice from experts in whatever party. Right, right, because they're people, like you mentioned. I mean, it's, it's people and yeah. policy and, and it's 
and then there's the party. Yeah, that's outside. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's, I don't that's, even want to think about right, that. Exactly. And, well, what I'm impressed with is that I've heard that our state legislature really works well together. But it's great to be able to talk to you to attest to the fact that you really do. Yeah, we really do. I, I, you know, okay, there, there are always, some. There's, there's always things, some, right? <laughs> um, but I do find that uh, moving from the House to the Senate, there's more of that collegiality. Uh, there's more of that um, sort of culture of working for the policy um, and the expectation uh, that we work for the policy, not for the win. And that's, that's a very different uh, way of thinking. Um, uh, that uh, from from my you know initial ideas of what politics is all about is that because is that the difference between the people's house and and the senate and a smaller body and or or is it just is it leadership that kind of sets that? I think it's everything. Okay. Yeah, I think it's everything. Um, the, the Senate being smaller, um, the the culture is more one on one. We we talk to every senator just about for every one of their bills. So if I have a bill, I talk to just about every. Do you? Okay. Uh, yeah. 29 senators. 29 senators, okay. 29 conversations. I mean, just about. Mm -hmm. it, it depends on how complex the bill is or depends on uh, if uh, senators have specific questions about it. Um, but it's more of a conversation. Um, just like we're having here, right? right so right. tell me just, about your bill. Just and people. What just, does it do? Right. Yeah, uh, just people. What is your intent? Okay. Um, and I really enjoy that piece of it. What is your intent? Um, because uh, what happens is sometimes my intent doesn't translate into into the words that are in the policy, and you know this happens to all of us. Right. And um, I've had some really good conversations with people who said I I have an issue with your your bill and and I just want to know what is your intent and I'd I'd tell them and they'd say oh why do you say it this way then good uh, absolutely great, great feedback you, you can't do that in the house really 75 people it's 75 you know harder. 74 conversations right, lots, right. and um there sometimes in the house um you you'll get a little bit of confusion on a bill and uh, people will take off on that confusion and, and read the bill in a way or understand with, the with bill. With that confusion lens with on. With that mm -hmm. confusion, yeah. Okay. Looking and, for that. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's um, it can be frustrating. Uh, actually, the my uh, Adult Protective Services bill had that issue. Oh, okay. Uh, when it went over to the House... Now, that was brought to me by the agency. So generally when an agency brings an issue, it's it's a bipartisan issue. It's a, a policy that is needed. Uh, it's a fix that they're asking uh, us to do. Uh, and when it got over to the House, there was some miscommunication. I'm not quite sure what it was or where it came from, but it failed. Oh, it okay. failed in the, in the House. Uh, so we did something which which is uh, try to revive it, and they call it a zombie bill when it is revived, and um, uh, or revived. Sorry, and uh, I so love we, that zombie bill. We, we brought it back <laughs> onto the floor after um, many conversations to explain the bill, um, and. Uh, brought it back up to a vote uh, again, and it passed. So, yeah. So, so it was it just was a lot a of explaining <laughs> and conversations and misunderstandings. It, misunderstandings, yes, yes. Have you? Um, so you've served in the House, and now you're serving in the Senate. So you've kind of talked about some differences. Um, wh what do you miss about serving in the House? What do you love about the Senate? 
The, the house has such energy. It's it's really like a three ring circus. I mean, it's just is it just bustle and hustle and yes, uh, and you're doing two three things at the same time. All you know on the house, it's a lot of movement, a lot of talking, voting's going on, presentations going on. Uh, you're working on your bill. You're working on somebody else's bill at the same time as <laughs> listening to the presentation. I mean, it's just um, madness, and it's just wonderful madness. You know, <laughs> Is it great energy, a, a great energy, a I lot bet. of strategy, and you get to meet a lot of people. Um, uh, again, there's that camaraderie of being in the house. Um, and so I love that. I, I love that that energy. Over in the Senate, we don't have the same kind of energy. In fact, we used to make jokes that, you know, the Senate's taking a nap over there. <laughs> because it's so peaceful and calm. <laughs> it is peaceful and calm, which I now love. I bet. I bet. <laughs> I love that, peaceful and calm, and having conversations about the policy. Um, I, I truly have... Uh, feel that I have lifelong friends um, on both sides of the aisle in both chambers um, because of that collegiality, um, because of the the trust that you build with certain you know uh, certain people within the body, and and I feel that that is a uh, sort of a culture of the uh, of the Senate that the um, I wouldn't say it's really an expectation, but that uh, we do begin to trust one another when we get to know each other. True. That's absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, I, I just think that our culture also, and at being a woman, has helped in terms of that um, interconnectedness, that it's just growing up from, you know, this it, being a part of this um, uh, culture that values that interconnectedness and the ability to, um, um, you know, being trained from a very young age to look for ways that we can connect, look for ways that um, we can um, work together. Uh, and that's that's really very important. Something that we may not be seeing, you know, mm-hmm. in other like in nationwide, We're definitely right? not seeing it. And that's why it's great to just talk about the way Utah works so well. I mean, I, I we we talk about the Utah way all the time, but yes. it's a real thing. It it is a real thing, and um, you know, the pandemic really impacted it. Uh, I, at least for me, it, it was a shame that we weren't able to see each other um, during the sessions uh, during the pandemic in the same ways that we do now. Uh, we're just now starting to get back into some of the social activities, and you think like those are perks, those are fun. Well, they actually are very important in terms of building, relationship building. Um, you know, it's one thing when I'm, uh, for example, going going on a, a, a hike, you know, and, and, and I don't hike very, very much at all, but it's more like a walk. Right? So <laughs> going for a walk with my colleagues um, and, and um, having them help me up rocks, right? <laughs> right. That, that is a very different relationship. <laughs> it's true. Right? You have a closeness there. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and, a, and a, like you said, a confidence and feelings yes. of trust. The feelings of trust and respect. Right. And, um, and, and you really have to be able to overcome any of the suspicions in order to work closely together. And during the pandemic, there were some representatives that I didn't ever meet face-to-face. I mean, I saw them in committee. It's, it's so different, or, though, isn't mm-hmm, it? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. so now, so now you're a senator. So you've been a representative, and now you're a senator. And are you? Do you love it? I do. I it, really it sounds love like it. you love you love the pace. It sounds like and um, the, I, the, I love the, the engagement. And the engagement. Absolutely. The the, the you know the um, involvement in the community. Um, I just I, I mentioned I just retired from Salt Lake Community College, um, and I'm still teaching there because I I just love the classroom. I love working with college students, um, but. Uh, it, the time that it affords me in, in being retired has allowed me to really get out into the communities um, and get to know more and more uh, people, more and more of our residents. Um, and it's just been a, such a fantastic, uh, you know, uh, um, experience. Um, I'm I'm really an introvert. See, I am too. Yeah. And and it's but it's great to hear other people yeah. are as well. Yeah, because I just assume everyone's super outgoing and just social and chatty. Yeah, I, I'm finding it, a lot of us aren't. <laughs> I, a lot of us in politics are not. Um, that super wonky policy stuff. Mm -hmm. um, for me, I mean, I would I love sitting at home and reading policy, and hours can go by, and I'll be like, <laughs> same. same, right, <laughs> right. And um, but the the outgoing stuff, it's it pushes me out of my comfort zone, which is where we learn, right? So True. that's that's an important part. I know for me, that's important to push myself to get to know. Um, um, uh, new new ideas and new, new people, um, new communities. Um, it, it, it's uh, but I come home exhausted, right? <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely! You just need to unwind and be alone. Yes, yeah, <laughs> I understand how that is. <laughs> just get, take get get to my pajamas, get into bed. Right? <laughs> it's exactly. okay if it's only six. It's right, fine. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, it's it it has been wonderful to be able to do that. And as a senator, there's more expectations, more responsibility because of the uh, larger districts. Um, so I, I take that very seriously um, to continually be in my communities. It, it's it, whenever I'm in a committee room, whenever I'm taking a vote, whenever I'm anywhere um, in any meetings, I d uh, try to remind myself, um, look around the room and see who's not here. Who might this impact and they're not in the room? And how can I um, help to open up space for them to be here? Oh, that is fantastic. It, I'm going to remember. It, it, you know, it's, it's really important. Again, it is. If, if I believe that policy is, is best when there are more voices, um, more diverse voices giving um, input, Right, so that we can look for holes again, so that we can look for impacts that we may not think of, uh, so that we can look at how the the policy is worded and how that's being interpreted. Um, if I if I firmly believe that, then I need to. Then my job is to look for spaces that I can bring people in, um, and not to not to amplify their voice. It's not for me to speak for them. Right, it's it's right. for me to open up space, so that come they can in, learn. absolutely, absolutely, and get become engaged and see yeah. how important it is, um, especially in, in our our communities, our immigrant communities, and our migrant communities who are who are becoming um, uh, citizens, to look at becoming part of the American process and mm -hmm. not disengage. You know that I'm I'm so glad you brought that up because I wanted to definitely talk about that. Um, as I I'm adopted, 
and my sister, I have a Korean sister who's also adopted. And growing up, we didn't see people that look like us. And, you know, I didn't pay too much attention to it as a child. Um, now, when I go to meetings, I do look around the room and think, hmm, <laughs> I'm either the only woman because it's a technology sort of cybersecurity discussion, or I'm in a room and I'm still... I'm the only minority woman, for sure. And it's never bothered me. It's always made me feel a little bit special. I mean, yes. we're easy to spot. Yes. <laughs> you know? So when there are lots of other people roaming around the Capitol, people can usually find us, and, and we're memorable. And that's yeah. a wonderful thing to, to be able to to be able to do. Um, but as I've watched now, and I, I have a granddaughter who's oh, two. And, and, I, and it's wonderful. And I'm looking towards the future and thinking, okay, who else looks like her? Who else looks like us? And so as you're talking about engaging and advocacy and teaching your love of students, what can we do to get people ex inspired and, and want to get involved? Because honestly, so my husband's Chinese. We sponsored his family over in 1991, so they've been here a long time. And they're very successful business owners, living the American dream, perfect examples. Well, when we talk about politics, they sort of tune out. Yes. And, and they'll just say, oh, we don't care about that. And I'm going, well, you guys, it matters. Don't you want your voices heard? What What are some policy things that we can do to help the community? But, you know, especially, maybe I'll get in trouble for saying this, but especially I think in the Asian community, um, we're taught to just sort of put your head down and get to work. Absolutely. And, and so they're yeah. so focused on on earning a living and being productive and, and, and make, you know, taking care of their families that they're not thinking that there's a place for them in politics. And so I'd, right. I'd love to know your ideas, and, and obviously you're doing things to change that, but how can we move that? You know, um, a lot of, I, I also come from a family of, of small business um, owners, and um, it's, it's meeting them where they are, right? It's engaging them in the things that are going to be important to them. I, so many of us, I mean, you know, myself included, when, when I hear all of the vitriol and the arguments and, you know, in, in politics, I, I want to turn it off. I, you know, I don't even want to listen anymore. Right. And I hear this from, from young people all the time. I hear it from my, my students a, a lot that, why do I want to engage? Why do I want to join a party? Why do I want to do this? Like, I, I'm, it's, it's enough. I have enough stress in my life. I don't need exactly. more. Um, but to uh, look at the the direct impacts that we have uh, in our life, and I mean the the things that you work on uh, at the municipal level, I mean it, it is direct to our lives, right? There, there's a pothole in your street, right? <laughs> right. There's sidewalk that's not being taken care right. of, you know, your neighbor's parking on the your, your lawn, right? <laughs> I mean, exactly. <laughs> Big deals that really affect us. Yes, absolutely. And to, um, um, and then at the state level with small business, I mean, there's a lot of issues with tax and, you know, mm -hmm. there's, a, there's just a lot of issues there that um, uh, we can engage in. Um, to take it outside of the wonkiness, Right. Mm -hmm. And and come back to the humanness. And I I don't know. I just I, I don't know, you know, what about business. I, I'm not a, a business owner. I don't I don't know about that world. But I do know that, um, you know, at the end of the day, we want to put food on the table. We want to put our kids to, to school and and we we want to have that. um you know, whatever the American dream is, whatever our goals are, we want to accomplish that. Um, you know, we want to accomplish those goals. Often with our communities, it's about family. Mm -hmm. um, and True. that's consistent with the Utah way. As Absolutely. Well. Family is everything. 
And, you know, what are the things, what are the barriers that is um, impacting our families? Um, and it, within our, our communities, I mean, w- one of the things that I'm hearing about um, a, a lot uh, is uh, multi, uh, let's see, what is it called? Multi-generational family homes, right? Mm-hmm. And yes. It, it's something that is just common in our community mm-hmm. uh, and in many ethnic communities. It's just a thing that right. we do, and it's Grandma not Grandma lives there, and a couple different families live there at the same time, and yeah, and it's normal. It's normal, and but now we're we're hearing a lot of it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I I am I, I, I yeah mm-hmm. yes, um, and it, that's a that's a, a very big issue. Um, uh, uh, at the state level, uh, of course, we're talking about housing. We're talking about water. These are huge issues. And if we look at our ethnic communities, um, I mean, water is important to everyone. Uh, if if we look at our, our ethnic communities, traditionally, we need to bring in um, the, the tribal voices. Right. We need to make sure that our tribal nations have a voice. And at the state level, we do. Um, at least this is what I'm hearing, right? Because I've been asking about this. Mm-hmm. Um, it, we need to bring in our uh, Pacific Islander uh, communities to talk about climate and environment. True. Right. Uh, these Things are that where, matter to them. Absolutely. And all of us. It, it, it matters to all of us. Uh, but in the islands, th- this is where we're seeing the very first and the worst impacts. And we have islands that are already underwater. Um, people who have already had to leave their their islands, and we're seeing others uh, happen this, uh, as well. And I mean, it's it's going to happen. So, how are we engaging these uh, uh, communities? How are we reaching out? Um, and so that's why you know I say it's it, it, when we hear about you know policies and, and <laughs> you know people fighting, people fighting and voting and against each other and you know I want to check out too mm-hmm. but let's talk about this right. tell me how your family is back on the islands and um, are they being impacted by you know climate issues and True. are they like how are you know what's what's going on with with um you know, with with different issues there and connecting on that emotional level. I think that's, that's going to be very important for us, um, for you and I and, and others who are interested in this to reach out to our communities, reach out. And, and you know, it's, it's not about politics. It's about how you're, can we address right. the issues that are important to them. And like you said, reaching them where they're at, you yes. know, meeting them where they're at. Yes. And, and talking about things that actually matter to them. You're right. Yes. Because t- telling someone, hey, you know, there's an open seat in the state legislature. You really need to run. And, the, you know, why? People say, well, why would I do that? <laughs> I said that. Why? <laughs> well, because we need you. We need yes. your voice. You're a good yeah, thinker. You're yeah. a level-headed person. Well, why? <laughs> but, but just finding what it matters to them. And being able to yes. connect that and saying, this is how you can make a difference at this level with your passion and your interest in whatever really inspires them is absolutely, absolutely. how to get people involved. Absolutely. That's true. You know, and being genuine to who you are and, and, and honoring your ancestors, right? And it's true of family. Absolutely. Honoring the things that matter to us because the more I do that, the more I realize how consistent this is with other communities. I mean, in all communities. Um, it, and then we can make those connections to build policy on that will help all of our policies. You know, one of the 
things that I'm concerned about is some of the questions that have been raised the legislature about um, our uh, uh, curriculum on uh, diversity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not talking diversity training. I'm talking about our, our cult, um, uh, different um, uh, stories or teachings about the impacts of our, our communities. Uh, I'm a descendant of a railroad, uh, Chinese railroad uh, worker of the oh, Transcontinental really? Railroad, so from the eighteen, you know, eighteen sixties. And I learned very little in school about this. It's and true. I worry about if we begin to take out some of these lessons that are important to our communities that teach us about who we are. If we begin to take out lessons instead of adding in right. lessons, then um, our our children will not have the uh, ability to to research, to learn, to have that passion. You're right. And and their parents, sadly, well, their parents are us as parents, grandparents, um, we're busy. And Absolutely. so and and some so oftentimes we don't even know what's being yes. r- removed from the curriculum yes. or added. Yes. That maybe shouldn't That's be right. added. You're right, right, it's true. You know, it's and that, true. It's, that connection is so important. It's it's really important to um um it, bring up mm-hmm. these kinds of issues rather than talk about politics, you know, rather than talk about the the reason. This is a good reason. You got to vote. Let's right. vote. You know, <laughs> what <laughs> am I voting on? Exactly, but tell, <laughs> telling them why. Yes, And, and yes. why it matters. Getting down to the, you know, the nuts and bolts. Getting down to, you know, Karen Maine always said um, in our in our district, it's all about meat and potatoes. It's true. And, you know, she, she meant it not only as in the necessities of life, but also the it's the conversations at the, at the dinner, the dinner table. table. Right. That's true. That's that's what matters to families. Yeah. Whatever yeah. it is they're talking about. And the only way we find that out is by getting out in the community yes. and meeting people where they're at yes. like you're doing. Yes, yes. I'm so excited that you're running again and that you want to continue servicing well, your service in the you. Senate because you're thank fantastic. You. Well, thank you so much. It means a lot to me. Well, I hear you say that, Tammy. Well, honestly, I I appreciate you. I look at you as a role model. You know, when I first um, went to my first meeting at the Capitol, I did look around the room thinking, you know, and and I saw you and I was just so excited to see, uh, honestly, just a familiar, a familiar face. And and the fact that you're up there representing your community makes me proud. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I'm so proud of you. And I'm so proud to know you. I mean, I thank you just really goes to show that it is so important for us to get beyond the, you know, the the politics, get beyond all of that talk and and get back to being neighbors. True. Being friends, Mm -hmm. being people. We Mm -hmm. might have different opinions. And that's great. We want different opinions. Absolutely. You know, when people talk about, well, we all need to agree, I think, well, then why are you talking to anyone besides yourself? <laughs> you know, <laughs> if you want to find someone that agrees with you, talk yes, to yourself. Yes. But when you want to find out great ideas and learn, talk to others. Yes, so. absolutely. Um, you know, it's it's um, very important for us to um, have those other voices in in our in our lives, so that you know we, we're not in what I've heard being called the echo chamber. Um, but um, I do have to. I do have to say that, you know, it's not always roses, right? It's not always great, and mm-hmm. and it's especially hard when, um, when the the break in trust comes from your own community or your own, um, 
you know, groups that you belong in, like uh, from from another woman or a wo- woman of color. That is the worst. Right? It is. It's, it's it the is. worst. And yeah, we we can be our own worst enemies. Absolutely. You know? yeah. I, I've so my husband and I were in um, a technology field, and I've noticed that men and women are are different. I've I've never had a bad experience working with men, and I've never had a horrible experience working with women. But I have noticed that as women, we tend to be really competitive sometimes, where we we don't need to be. There's room for all of us. We need to be um, friends. We need to mentor and support each other. And so, absolutely, it's really true. Find those those people that you trust and that you love, and stick with them. Um, you know, keep them because they're very valuable and um if for me if somebody um uh, you know if i i hold grudges maybe i said <laughs> no you're human i really <laughs> hold grudges <laughs> i i can forgive people but that's for the sake of me but right? you won't forget but i never forget and i just you know i just, just got to move on mm-hmm. just got to move on because there's so many good people and there's so many good things and it's it's heartbreaking, you know, when when you lose a friend or or somebody that you thought right they, was they a disappoint friend. you at yeah that they, level yes you they break your trust or it's really heartbreaking especially over politics, you know. But it I, I just I I don't know why I'm talking about this, but it is really important as as I'm mentoring um, other um, candidates in this space to to help them to <clears throat> also see um. It, it's this is it's tough work mm-hmm. you know it's not it it's, it's not easy it's not you know oh yeah just go run and you can you can do it it's like you know it's <laughs> ego building but is to, there, right we, we have to, to manage point. yeah to a point we have to manage expectations <laughs> um in a sense and i i don't know that anybody really uh did that for me when i was running um to help me manage expectations um because you get to the point where you're just as a new candidate, mm-hmm. I was really like in my own world, and I'm going to win, and because you have to believe it, otherwise <laughs> you're not going to you're not going to win. Right? <laughs> That's true. And so when I lost that first time, I was devastated. Oh, I bet. I mean, just because I, I had no like, what happened? I thought I was going to win. Yeah. Um, but to help help um, to uh, again manage those expectations and to be realistic, and I think that's what a, a good mentor does. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I didn't want to leave the podcast thinking, um, having people like, oh, everything's this roses, so everything's easy. wonderful, mm-hmm. and it's great, and it's, um, it's, it, it, it's a lot of navigating, you know. It is. It's a lot of managing your own emotions. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I think I applied to be a planning commissioner um, five times before I was actually appointed to planning commission. Over the last 20 years. And so, but people don't know that necessarily. They just assume, oh, you run for mayor and you win. Yay. Yay. You know? Easy. But it, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, it's, but it's not. And, yeah. and it's true. It's really good to let people know that even if, if they're running right now, if you don't win the first time, that's okay. You get your name out there. Absolutely. You give people confidence. They can see how hard you're willing to work and how much you're willing to, how much effort you're willing to put into a campaign. And then if you go again and you run again, people are still behind you. Yes, and, absolutely. And it is good. It's good to know. It, and, you know, it's it, it's also, um, it's that next thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, be devastated or, you know, be, yeah, I, I understand it, be sad. It's fine. That's okay. And now let's go on to the next thing. Um, because there's so much need in our community. 
That's true. Uh, one of the best uh, pieces of advice that I got as a as a politician was, and I think I got this from our then speaker Greg Hughes, and I think it was during our orientation uh, as freshmen. Um, and he said that um, he asked, you know, when the the most important vote of your career is. Do you know what your Do you know what your most important the last votes? Yeah, the next the, vote. Oh, the next vote. Okay. Yeah, the next vote. Okay. And, it, and I was like, I really had to like process that. What? <laughs> like, what does that mean? Well, it it means be be sad, be you know happy, whatever it is that you feel for that last vote. That's you know it's important and mm-hmm. and you know and and sit in that, but then um, let it go. Let it go. Because you can have someone. This this came from Rebecca uh, Chavez Halk again. Super super mentor. Um, she said, you can have somebody that uh, was your worst opposition on, on you know, your last vote and then your best ally on your, on next, your next vote. One. Oh, and okay. if you, um, if you don't manage your, your emotions uh, about that and, and your actions, you could lose that, right? That's you can true. lose that ally. You have to maintain that the relationships that you build. It's, Politics is all about relationships. That's so true. That's um, really good advice. She, she, Rebecca's the best. Yes, that, <laughs> she, she absolutely. I just, I know we want to wrap this up, but and I need to let you go. But um, how how did you end up? How did she end up being your mentor? Uh, she asked to be ma- my mentor. Oh, I, she did as okay. a freshman. She asked for me to sit next to her, and she said that she wanted. Really, I knew nothing of this. So I she just, just approached came you in and, and said, "Hey, I'm here to help." She from That's the very neat. beginning, from running when I first started running, she took it upon herself to be a mentor to me, oh, and you know my uh, again my responsibility uh, is to pay it forward. Is that kind of an expectation that set is sort of protocol, or was that just completely? Something that she just reached out and did. She is a wonderful human being, um, as many people are. Um, She's a wonderful human being. And uh, and I promised her and others that uh, I would uh, be the best mentor that I could be uh, because of what she gave to me. That's really neat. Well, Karen, thank you. This has been delightful to learn more about you and to get some great advice for you. So thanks for being here. Thank you so much. To all my podcast listeners, thank you for listening. I really appreciate your feedback and your support. Please leave comments and please leave suggestions for future guests. And most importantly, subscribe. Thank you.